Guys, the time has officially happened. I am doing a podcast by myself. Well, not all the time, but for today's episode, I am. And this has been a long time running, so welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody else, to Go-Carter. I thought it was a cool little pun on words, because like, Go-Kart, and I'm high energy, so I thought that would be fitting. This is my very first episode, and I wanted it to be something where everybody that's listening can just get an understanding for where I came from, and kind of my roots, and how I ended up being here. In LA. Go, go Carter, go, go, go Carter. Yeah. Go, go Carter, go, go, go Carter. Boom, boom, Where do we even begin? Wow. I guess we'll start with elementary school, because I feel like that's a very fitting origin story for myself. So, back in elementary school, I wouldn't exactly call myself the star student, per se. I think I had a little bit of up and down. And my ADHD was very unfiltered. Oftentimes I found myself getting in a lot of trouble. (laughs) One of the core memories I have from elementary school is I used to be in this like separate classroom called TAG. And it was where they just handpicked students to go and learn about cool things that the regular students couldn't learn about. I don't really understand why it was a thing, but it was. And I wasn't a big fan of it. I oftentimes tried to get out of it by hiding in the bathroom or telling my teacher that I needed to go to the doctor's office. There was this one day where I really did not want to go to this class. So instead of trying to get out by going to the clinic or the bathroom, I decided to hide behind a pole in the hallway. And all of my friends in the tag room kind of remember this moment. And I remember all the way up until middle school, they always just like brought this up. It was a very big inside joke among us. But our teacher, we're just going to call her Miss A, was trying to find me. And she's running past the classroom door. And all of my friends in the classroom just heard her say, Carter, get out of that pole. I didn't. And then I kept running. And then I ran into the computer lab where I got detention. I got detention a lot of times growing up. But this, this did help me, I would say, because it kind of gave me this incentive of wanting to stand out. <laughs> and I think I, I think I learned from these memories, while they are pretty bad and I wouldn't recommend anyone try this, it taught me a core value of wanting to make people laugh. And that's pretty much where this entire internal, what would you even call this? Internal love, internal passion for wanting to be different. I feel like that's where that really spewed from. And then going into middle school, I was in chorus, loved that, made a bunch of friends during that. And then I I also started acting a little bit better, I would say. You know, the teachers went from strongly disliking me to slightly liking me a little bit more, which I would take as a win. I remember at lunch, I used to always go up to the, what do you even call them? The people that serve you food in the cafeteria? Lunch ladies. Oh my goodness. They were such sweethearts. But my favorite lunch lady, we'll call her Miss B. I like going in alphabetical order. I remember I used to just like leave my table because we had assigned seating and I didn't really vibe with the people that I sat with. So I went up to the lunch lady and we just conversated for the entirety of the 30 minutes we were in lunch. And I remember one day she like snuck me a free little sandwich and was like, don't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody. Well, until now, actually. Sorry, Miss B. But <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of good memories in school. And I think my favorite memory is my very first time really messing around with the idea of becoming an online personality. And this was in sixth grade, I might want to add. So I was still a very youngin on my life. And I was not, you know, I wasn't the best, we will say. And this video definitely shows that. But I was really into phone cases for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe I just had temper tantrums and like to throw my phone on the ground. But for some reason, one day I got a brand new phone case and I was so excited to review it. So I decided instead of just putting it on my phone, why don't I set up my phone and make a video out of it? And I did. 
I also then decided, hey, let me make some slime and see if it will survive an impact from slime, which it did, if anybody could have guessed, because slime really isn't that uh, rough or hard on the surface. Anyways, so in this video, I'm putting my phone in the slime. I'm trying to break it. It's not breaking. I'm pretty much just gassing this phone case up. And it was my first ever time experimenting with putting myself in front of a camera. And I really liked it. It was so much fun. And I think my favorite part about it is there was nobody on the other side telling me what to do. I had full creative freedom and I could basically say and do however I pleased. Which, going back to the school stories, I think that's kind of where I gained that mindset. Our middle school was a little bit better than others. We had recess. Sorry if you didn't. I thought that really sucks. I do feel bad for you. All the boys in my grade loved playing basketball. Their favorite thing to do is to just go shoot some hoops with their boys. Meanwhile, I was trying to collect as many four-leaf clovers as I possibly could find in the field. There were a lot of moments in school and growing up where I, you know, did things that most people wouldn't do. And it's not that uncommon, I feel like. There's a lot of people out there that want to venture off the beaten road. And I am a firm believer that if you want to do that, you should do that. Because if you don't do that, you're going to regret not doing that. Fast forward to eighth grade. I'm in the dance unit in P.E., and this was, oh gosh, this was back when I really just, I did not have any moves. You know the phrase, moves like Jagger? It's kind of like a pun, because Jagger can't dance at all. I very much had moves like Jagger at this point. They taught us a, they taught us a dance to, what was it? Oh my gosh, Unlock the Swag, a song I don't even know. You don't, it's totally irrelevant to the story, but they taught us a mediocre dance in the PE gym. And for some reason, this dance really serenaded with me. And I went home and I just sat there on my back porch just practicing the dance moves over and over again because I was just for some reason intertwined with this idea of becoming the next dance god. Ultimately, that did lead to me putting up my phone and making a video. And I thought it was so good, in fact, that I needed to make a whole other account on my Instagram. It, it couldn't go on my main account, no. It needed to have its own special presence. I had no idea what it was going to turn into. I didn't really know why I did it, but I did. And I called it Carter Kench Dancing because I thought that was a cool name at the time. It wasn't at all. Once I posted this, I showed it to my close friends and almost all of them immediately were like, Carter, this is so funny. You need to keep it going. And that was pretty much the first immediate positive reaction I received. Hearing that reaction really led me to want to continue this. The next day comes along and what do I do? I prop up my phone and I dance to another song. And the next day comes along and the next. And every single day I keep making dance videos. They are horrible dance videos that I absolutely did not edit and just uploaded. I used to play it on my Amazon Echo. I just put the music on, recorded my phone, did a little dance, and then I posted it. And I remember my biggest inspiration at the time, the backpack kid. I don't know why he was my biggest inspiration. It might have just been because he invented the floss and was very different than most people. And that led me to also want to kind of keep that pattern going. And so over time, these videos kind of collectively got more and more notoriety. And eventually this led to me hitting my first milestone, which was a thousand followers on my Instagram, then 10,000 followers on my Instagram. And then I was starting to get noticed by these big rappers. And, you know, I'm just a little peewee boy in the suburbia of Georgia not really knowing anything about social media whatsoever, filming in my backyard. And so seeing these people acknowledge my existence, I really thought that was my peak. I thought that was like it. I could honestly, you know, work a nine to five the rest of my life and be happy. And I did. I did actually work at Chick-fil-A and Spirit Halloween, which that's a story for another day. But once I really started developing this like love for being cringe and different than most people, I ran with it. And I started making even more videos where I danced in public, where I danced in the Starbucks drive-thru, don't recommend, I got yelled at. The main point of this dance account was to kind of help myself 
find friends in high school. Long story short, my middle school went to a high school. And I feel like most people kind of just like keep knowing the people as they as they progressively go to each new school. But I was districted for a different high school than most of the people in my middle school. And this led to me being super nervous about high school because I knew maybe five people in my entire grade. And wanting to make a good first impression, I didn't really know how to. And I wanted to make sure to stand out right away because it's what I kind of excelled at, I would say. And so this led to me making more and more dance videos. Throughout my freshman year of high school, I used to just give my phone to my friends during lunch period. We used to go out into the courtyard where there were like hundreds of my fellow classmates and peers. And I proceeded to dab on myself in front of all of these people. I proceeded to nene in front of all of these people. I proceeded to hold up a blanket and then run away. <laughs> no joke. I genuinely did that. After a while, I kind of really, I mean, I, I loved it. Gosh, I lived for it. I mean, this was something that nobody I really knew was doing. I really did feel like it was different than the social norm. I kept doing it. So I have this going for me on Instagram. My videos are hitting the Explore page. I'm genuinely seeing an increase in interactivity and notoriety. It's a really cool feeling. I kind of became addicted to it. I don't know if I want to put that in, but it's true. And so... You know, around this time, there were other apps such as Triller, such as Musical.ly. But then Musical.ly turned into TikTok. And I used to be on Musical.ly in like 6th and 7th grade as one of those Jacob Sartorius wannabes that just put up their phone and tried to do like duck lips. It didn't work out for me, thank God. When I saw they changed it to TikTok, I decided to try it again. Now, my Instagram name for my dance video... Er, now, my dance Instagram account was named Cringe Dance. When it came to TikTok, I kind of wanted my name to be something a little more about myself. I think I was, I think I was reaching a point in my, in my maturity where I wasn't just doing dance videos by this point. I wanted to be able to impact people by doing more, you know? Adding a little personality, a little spice to my videos. And so, after one late night of sitting in my bed, pondering on what to do with my life, I came to the conclusion that maybe Cringe Carter wasn't such a bad name after all. It stuck very quickly, and next thing you know, I am making acting videos on this account. Yes, I started my TikTok account by acting out SpongeBob scenes, and I'm very proud of those videos. So proud of them. Yes. We're going to play a quick game called Never Have I Ever School Edition with my manager, Yasmin, who will accordingly ask me questions about my schooling history. Have you ever skipped a class? Oh my gosh, you're really putting me on the red zone. I don't even know if I want to answer. Okay, yes, I have. But I have good reasoning for it. We had a Starbucks that was within walking distance of our high school, and oftentimes I found myself tired. So like a good student, I needed to get energy for the day and decided that maybe walking to Starbucks during my lunch period, maybe during my first period, would be better than going to my first period or going to lunch and falling asleep. I did that multiple times. Have you ever been tardy to class? I'm going to look like such a bad student after this. <laughs> yes. Also because I went to Starbucks. Have you ever gone on a field trip? Yes, actually. I have. Oh, my gosh. I was in chorus for the sole reason of going on a field trip to Disney World. They took their entire eighth grade class to Disney World. And I heard about this in seventh grade and immediately joined chorus for the sole reason of going to that. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. I ate a nut and I almost died inside the park. It was awesome. I got treated like royalty because of that. Super fun. Have you ever won an award? <laughs> I think so. I mean, oh, I'm going to be honest. I played a lot of sports growing up, and I wouldn't necessarily say that I was good at any of them. I got the participation trophy, if that counts. Did you ever send a love note in class? Oh, my gosh. No, not this story. It wasn't in class, though. It was at recess. 
It was Valentine's Day. I had a really big crush on my neighbor at the time. We rode the school bus together, but I couldn't ask her out on the school bus. So instead, I had my dad go to Publix, which was like our local grocery store, and get me a box of chocolates. And I also got a card. And I wrote on that card about how much I loved this girl. And during recess, I went up to her and I gave her this really nice box of chocolates. And I gave her this card and I just told her how much she meant to me. She said, aw, thank you, Carter. That's so sweet. You're amazing. And I thought it went really well. I was so happy. I ran back to my friends with a big old grin on my face. And not even 30 minutes later, I saw her best friend eating the chocolates. And I asked, what? Why are you eating the chocolates? Oh, she gave them to me. That was the last love letter I have written. Have you ever forgotten your homework? Have I ever forgotten my homework? Oh my gosh, who hasn't? Have I ever played a prank? Yes. I used to fart and then pretend like it wasn't me and blamed it on my friends. I thought I was really funny when I was super young. One of the decisions I made was to take a Sharpie and draw two circles and then a long oval on my best friend's locker. Not really going to get into the specifics of that, but I did get a week of detention from it. And I thought it was a funny prank. So this is around the time that junior year of my high school was approaching. And and I quickly, like most people, became very addicted to this platform called TikTok. And it quickly became an everyday, rich, everyday routine to make videos. At first, it was all acting. Every video I posted, I wanted to get discovered. I wanted to be the brand new thing of the acting industry. Didn't work out. Once I realized that and came to terms with it, I then started to kind of venture off into the comedy world of TikTok. My first video that ever got any view whatsoever was a Barry B. Benson monologue. And this got 50,000 views. And it was just me wearing a blanket, dancing as Barry B. Benson. About two months down the road, I decided to make my first video talking. And I was very self-conscious of my voice at the time. I didn't really like to talk. I was very nasally. I still had my tonsils, which were extremely swollen. Thank goodness they are out of me. And I thought, what better thing to talk about than my elementary school stories? And so I did. And those videos, all of them really did very well. And that was initially what got me to like 500, 700K. That's when I really thought I had something here that was special. I had something that I think might work out for me. Maybe this will be something that I'll continue doing in the future. And then I kept making videos of me talking. And then I bought these random jelly sticks that I saw on TikTok. And I decided to try them. And that video really blew up. That was my first video to get 10 million views. I'm a junior in high school by this point. I mean, seeing that and then going to school the next day and learning about, you know, the quadratic formula was just such a weird mix. It was cool, you know, developing what I might want my passions in life to be, but also still continuing down this road of social norm and school and education. It was cool. I remember when I remember when these videos popped off. I was going sledding. It snowed in Georgia. Very rarely does it actually do that. It was at Snow Mountain in Georgia. I don't even know if you guys know what that is, but it's a giant rock. And when it snows, it's pretty cool to go sledding there because it's a giant rock. I remember we were about to go down the hill and this little five-year-old, seven-year-old girl, I think she was seven, eight years old, came up to me and I originally thought I dropped my glasses. I thought something just fell out of my pocket. Instead of saying that, she ends up saying how much she loves my videos. And this caught me so off guard because, you know, around this point, I still was just a regular high school student. No part of my body really thought anything of my social media. And it never really hit me that all the people that watch my videos are real life people. Until this little girl, I mean, it literally took a little girl to come out of the snow and be like, hey, I love your videos. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget how much that warmed my heart. Just like seeing somebody in real life that actually watches my videos, that actually knows who I am, that like cares about what I say. I remember I gave her a hug. We took a selfie. It was very awkward. 
did not know how to talk whatsoever. I was very nervous because I've never actually had to like interact with somebody that knew me who I didn't know. I remember after she left, my friends looked at me and were like, that was so cool, Carter. Like you really have something special going here. That was just a very heartwarming moment for me. And so after we went sledding, I went back home to my parents and I told them what happened and they were so caught off guard by this. That was definitely the first time my parents ever you know, even thought about the idea of me doing this as a career. Because before this, they saw my views, they saw that I was getting some notoriety, but never once did it cross their mind that it could actually turn into something more. I think that was a big stepping stone in the process of kind of having my family and my close friends support this idea of me turning this into my career and what I want to do with my life. Erica, if you're still watching this, I love and miss you very much. By this point, everything in my life is really going on track. My daily life at this point was I wake up, I go to school, I come home from school with a bunch of homework to do, I do absolutely none of it, and proceed to go on my phone for the rest of the day. I mean, this is what most of my days looked like, and I was loving it. I was still a very good student, don't get me wrong. I did try in school. I just didn't try 100%. I wanted to focus on things that made me feel more passionate. But this all changed in 2020 when the world decided to shut down and... So along with that was my school. I think this is something that most people can resonate with. Going from having to be at some place every single day to not even having to wake up in the morning because you had absolutely nothing to do, it completely altered what you did with your day. And somebody who was an aspiring social media influencer, having all of this free time all of a sudden really opened my creativity to what I could accomplish. Not even two months into quarantine, where was it? I think it was on Twitter. I saw on Twitter one day that Starbucks was coming out with these color-changing cups, and you needed them in your life. The advertisement was very selling. As somebody who was very interested in these color-changing cups, I decided to stay up all night because I really wanted them. I wanted to get these cups. I wanted to be bougie. I wanted to be walking around with them. But instead of just doing this by myself and not really telling anyone about it, I kind of wanted to bring my phone with, the, bring my phone with me on this journey and document it. And so I did just that. I stayed up all night. I turned off my alarm because I didn't want to wake up my parents because I still lived with them at this point. I think I took my dad's car because it was quieter than mine, and I didn't tell him. I mean, I go to the first Starbucks. I roll down my window. It's 5.30 in the morning, bright and early. And I go, hi, can I get some color-changing cups? I'm sorry, we're actually out of the color-changing cups. I was heartbroken. So heartbroken that I went to another Starbucks and asked the exact same question. Sorry, we're also out of color-changing cups. Heartbroken again next Starbucks. I'm so sorry, we're out of color-changing cups. I was the first person at all of these stores, and for some reason, not one of them had these color-changing cups. My 17-year-old self was on the verge of tears. This was a very sad moment for me. By the time we made it to the fourth Starbucks, I fully lost my hope. I fully lost all hope in ever finding these cups. So much, I actually confided in the Starbucks worker through the drive-thru, and I told her how I went to like four Starbucks and none of them had the cups, and then the Starbucks worker gave me the bright idea of calling the Starbucks to ask before I make the drive to them. Why didn't I think of that, you know? And eventually I was able to get the cups, and by this point it's like 8, 9 a.m. I go home, I edit the video, I post it thinking not much of it, you know. I just post videos for fun by this point, and I fall asleep at 9 a.m., and then I wake up around 3 p.m., and it's a normal day for me, but nope, I open my TikTok, and sure enough, I've gained maybe 20,000 followers in those five hours, and that video has five million views. My goodness, I remember I dropped my phone, ran to my parents screaming, crying, genuinely. I couldn't even process what was going on, so I just told them, baby, I got baby, I got videos. It was gibberish. So shortly after that, I had a management reach out to me saying how they loved my videos and wanted to bring me on board with their team and make me a part of 
and make me a part of their team. And and I was ecstatic. I lost every inch of control over my body. I think I did a happy dance that day. Day after day, I was making these all-nighter videos. I was really putting my heart and soul into staying up and not falling asleep. And it was paying off. One of the coffee stores I went to reached out to me wanting to partner with me. Every day I was going to Dunkin', I was going to Starbucks, I was getting coffee, I was drinking coffee, I was living and breathing coffee. Was I mentally okay? Maybe. I don't think I was, looking back on it in hindsight. As someone who's a high school student in COVID, not really learning much because you're sitting there on your computer having to watch somebody teach you through Zoom. My priorities around this point definitely took a turn where school became something I wasn't as passionate for and social media was something that was growing enormously and I was passionate for. So I mean, who wouldn't want to focus all of their energy and time on the thing that's growing, on the thing that has potential, and on the thing that actually would make them happy? I think most people would. And so I did, and I kept doing it. And my dream car, my entire life growing up, was an orange Jeep Wrangler. Guess what I was able to buy because of my social media? An orange Jeep Wrangler which I still drive to this day. From there, it just really spiraled. I mean, it was just growing, growing, and growing. You could call myself the sad little Charlie Brown Christmas tree that ended up sprouting into a beautiful Christmas tree. That was a really bad analogy, but I hope it made sense. I had so much going for me. I had a management that was bringing me brand deals. I had a sustainable, growing, increasing amount of income. I had parents that supported me which I think is honestly one of the coolest things that you could possibly have. I had siblings that were proud of me. I had friends that uplifted me every time we hung out. It was a great feeling. This really led me to ultimately making a bunch of friends online who were also influencers. And, you know, that was even really cool. Having people that I've watched on social media reach out to me telling me that they love my videos and want to hang out sometime. Really? Me? Really? That was so cool. There were definitely a lot of big, hard decisions that were coming, barreling down at me that I needed to decide on. High school was coming to a close. What was I going to do with my life? This was a lot riding on my future, and I didn't know what to do. But this is going to be something for the next episode. So if you want to hear more about my decision-making to actually decide to make this my career, tune in next week with an all-new episode from yours truly at Go Carter. Because of my coffee obsession, my team decided that it would be a great idea to put me to the test by taste testing a variety of coffees. With that being said, I don't want to cheat, so I will be putting this on my face. For those of you that can't see me, it is a face mask. I am now absolutely blind. Is this a hand? Oh, are you handing me the coffees? Wow, I feel special privilege. Right off the bat, this is a warm coffee, and it's made of paper. I don't know if that's necessary to include. I might have a little trouble finding the right hole to drink out of. Oh, I found it. It's quite warm. Oh, it's very bitter. It has an aftertaste that I'm not a fan of. I like my coffee very sweet, and this is not the very sweet that I like. Is this black coffee? Is that what this is? I don't know. I am honestly stumped. It's not my go-to iced caramel macchiato, I can tell you that much. Okay, my final guess for this is a caramel brulee iced latte. It's a caramel macchiato, and I got it wrong. This is embarrassing. I'm ready for the third drink. Oh, this is very cold, ice cold. Okay, it's very watery. I can feel the ice cubes. There's something sweet, something sensory. It's a cold brew, because cold brew kind of just tastes like nothing to me. Is it just like a vanilla cold brew? Is th that's going to be my guess, like a sweet cream vanilla cold brew. No, it's a pumpkin cream cold brew. I did not taste the pumpkin in that. There was absolutely no pumpkin flavoring. That baffles me, I'm not going to lie. I'm now blind again, and I'm ready for my next... I just totally bumped the microphone. I'm ready for my next... Oh, wow. Another paper hot drink. Where's the hole? I can't see. Mmm. 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 What is, ooh. not a fan of the taste, not a fan of the aftertaste, not a fan of anything, honestly. I don't know. I would never get this in a million years. It's a cappuccino? I don't even know what a cappuccino is. I've never tried one before. I like sweet things. There's nothing sweet about that. 
Is this my last drink? I think it is. Another warm drink. Wow. I'm really going outside of my comfort zone today. <sighs> I'm preparing myself. I've prepared myself. I'm ready to go and dive in. Another really good drink. Wow. This has to be Christmas themed. It tastes like a Christmas cookie that we used to bake and give to Santa. Sugar? Bread? Sugar? Um, what am I thinking of? Gingerbread. It's very sugary, very sweet and sensory. I like it. Gosh, it's got to be something. Gingerbread, shortbread. Yeah, I don't know. That's my guess. Uh, it's an abbreviation of something. T-S-T-D-W-M? Oh, W-M, white mocha, right? I think so, yeah. But what is a T-S-T-D? Toasted. Oh, I was thinking something completely different. Toasted white mocha. That's not bad. I would rate that pretty high up in there. So yeah, obviously you guys can see I'm not the best at guessing coffee because my order is very simple and it's the same every single time. I never really beat off the broken path. If they brought me an iced caramel macchiato with oat milk made upside down, I would have been able to guess it within 1.5 seconds. Maybe two if I'm having an off day. But thank you for playing this wonderful game with me. Go, go Carter, go, go, go Carter. Yeah. Go, go Carter, go, go, go Carter. Boom, boom, ah.